What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another lovely installment of Talking a Bunch of Hoopla, the sports podcast during a time where sports are not happening. <laughs> First thing I want to get right into is the NFL draft. So among everything else being, being canceled, few events are still barely hanging on uh, with everything going on. NFL draft being one of them, of course. Still happening April 23rd to the 25th. So the thing is, they're no longer doing do it in person. It's all going to be like remote and on all online and through like conference calls or something like that. Also, it was announced that EA Sports is going to be doing something for different like uh, players who are you know going to get drafted. So they're going to do some type of virtual kind of I guess thing where they you know they show them as like a game character probably going up and shaking Roger Goodell's hand and that kind of shit. So should be interesting. Obviously, a lot of people talked about. Uh, this being pushed back due to everything happening. Roger Goodell came out, did a whole presser, was like, no, we're not pushing this back, especially with everything going on. And I get it, you know, with nothing happening and you cancel more and more events, you know, like the draft or, you know, whatever it may be, depending on the league, of course, you know, having nothing sucks. So you want to give the fans, I imagine, some type of, you know, something to look forward to at least, at least, at least even for like a few hours or a couple of days to have something, whether it is the draft or I know the NBA currently is working on some type of horse competition where NBA players can like compete at home with their own courts or wherever they are, where they have a court, you know, and just play horse online for people and things like that. And that seems like that's going to be the big thing that's happening with a lot of sports right now is doing everything through like conference calls or online or some type of online video you know chatting type of format especially pretty much everywhere you can't be in a room with more than 10 people you got to work with what you got i guess so it's the best to what we can get right now until someone can figure out the better way of doing all this what's what's happening with all the ig lives people are doing and all like the zoom conference call stuff it's the best we're probably gonna get for a while which sucks at the end of the day it kind of needs to be done, and that's kind of how it has to be. So, yeah, I'm just I'm happy personally that the NFL draft is still happening. It gives me something to look forward to, especially because I'm one of these quote unquote essential workers. I work at a grocery store, so doing all that's been super awesome and fun and fresh. As I've said before, though, and I'll say it again, the Bengals shouldn't draft Joe Burrow. And I know I say this, and everyone looks at me like I'm fucking stupid. And like, what do you mean? Why would they not go for a quarterback? You know, it's the Bengals. They need a quarterback. And yes, I understand. But I'll say it once again to people who don't get it. Sure, you draft Joe Burrow, right? Things may seem great. But you don't have an offensive line that's good enough to really keep him safe and keep him from getting pressured constantly. You have A.J. Green, great wide receiver, but has had injury issues the last few years. So he's off and on so much that it's hard to really depend on him now. And he doesn't really seem happy in Cincinnati anymore, so... I feel like that plays a part as well. You know, the running game didn't really pick up till the end of, like, the second half of the year for the Bengals. So, they have that, but that, again, you really can't rely on that too much. And, you know, they still have Tyler Boyd and John Ross. No longer have Tyler Eifert. But, again, a lot of those guys are all riddled with injury issues. I know Tyler Eifert was for a while. He was so injured for a while, comes back for a little bit, injured a while, and it's like a cycle that repeats. But he no longer is there. He's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there's that. And on the defensive side, they're not really much better either, if I'm going to be honest. So they, they need help all around. And I think they should go with Chase Young because from what I've seen and how everyone talks about him, that he's the next generational quote-unquote talent coming out of this draft. And he's the can't-miss prospect, the best player coming out, and so on and so forth, which I agree with. Sure, he missed like three games last year, but that was due to that whole bullshit suspension thing where he 
it's a whole other thing if you don't know. You can look it up. It's it's a bunch of fucking hoopla. That's what that is. Love a good plug. I still think, though, you get Chase Young, and then you can maybe get another quarterback in free agency because there are some available that are still good. Cam Newton, James Winston, etc., etc. Or, hell, you even go in the draft. You know, you got Steve Montez from Colorado, Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma, Mason Fine, North Texas. You have uh, James Morgan, FIU, Cole McDonald, Hawaii, and the list goes on and on. There's plenty of quarterback talent in this draft, in my opinion. So, you know, I think go Chase Young or even trade back a few picks to a person who may want Joe Burrow. Load up on draft picks. Load the team with young talent. And, you know, maybe get some kind of veteran presence in the locker room just to kind of help those guys progress a little bit better and progress, you know, a proper way that you want them to. And then you start to really see the ball rolling and get back to where you are. You know, I'll give Zach Taylor a chance. I say it as if I'm a Bengals fan, but <laughs> I think, you know, I think he has a chance to be good. But again, it's tough with a team like that to where, you know, you're a young coach and everyone's pretty much their eyes are on you seeing what you do because you're the first head coach they've had in over like 20 years because Marvin Lewis is with the program for so long. So, I mean, there's obviously there's a chance to turn around. They had a good couple of years. Amy Dolan wasn't really the answer apparently, but again, you put most quarterbacks in that position, I don't really think they're going to thrive anyway. So uh, that's just how I see it. But even same thing with the Redskins. You know, they have Kyle Allen now after they traded him from the Panthers. They still have Dwayne Haskins, who didn't have the greatest year, but it got better, to, you know, with each game. In my opinion, he played better. And you still have Alex Smith coming off that gruesome like injury. The I, th- I believe it was the Joe Theismann injury that happened. You know, at least having him and you know having him in those quarterback meetings and having him in the locker room still I think will be important for Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins because Alex Smith is a good quarterback I mean he's played better toward the end of the last few years of his career no, I won't say the end of his career but again the last like five years or so since he's left the 49ers he's played lights out in my opinion he's been a top 10 top 15 quarterback it sucks to see him go through that injury but you know having someone like Dwayne Haskins who's you know I think he's a good quarterback but I know a lot of people kind of give him crap because he's not, you know, the greatest passer and he's had he's had issues here and there, but it's what his second year in the league and it's just it's you're gonna have issues. It's you know, not every quarterback's gonna thrive their first year. It's he I think Dwayne Haskins did the best what he could in an environment that was set up for him to fail. That's how I see it. And you have you know you have now you have Ron Rivera, you have a new coaching staff in the Redskins, new energy being there. It's there's a lot of all right, you know, we're all we're all here to redeem ourselves. We all got ship on our shoulders. You know, Ron Rivera's out with, now you have Matt Rule from Baylor coming in in the Panthers. Joe Brady, an offensive coordinator from LSU. Now is the offensive coordinator for the Panthers and so on. So there's a lot of like, in my opinion, where a lot of guys are like, all right, you know, we all got ousted from our teams. We're in this new building. You know, there's a lot of talk of, you know, how the Redskins in the past were kind of just this team that everyone kind of overlooks and no one really cares about because they're not very good. But it's time to change that. You know, I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. And how he handled the whole, you know, Cam Newton coming in. A lot of people doubting him and putting pieces around Cam Newton to really succeed. Hey, made a Super Bowl. Sure, they lost, but you still made a Super Bowl. Still had Cam Newton as an MVP winner. So he obviously has a proven track record of turning teams around. So I think he'll do it with the Redskins. I mean, well, do I think, though, that they'll beat, like, the Eagles or get Dallas right now for the NFC East? I don't know. We'll have to see. I think they'll I think they'll do a lot better than they have the last few years. If I had to put like a record out, I'd say they finish next year like seven and nine. You know, they have a good young defense, they have a decent offense, and now they have Adrian Peterson there and they have their core running backs who a load of injury issues, you know, Darius guys, Bryce Love, 
obviously, like I said, Adrian Peterson. Injuries for that running back core have been an issue, especially like ACL injuries. Jordan knees at this point are shot. You know, they no longer have Jordan Reed. He's out. But again, he has had his own injury issues over the years that have been a lot. So I don't know how that's going to work for him. And they have a young wide receiver in Terry McLaurin who played way better than everyone thought. I personally, and I'm going to say it, cause I, I think I put it out there, but I was talking about how I think if the, it was sometime after the the Redskins drafted uh, Dwayne Haskins, and he goes on Twitter and he was talking about how he wants them to draft one of his former wide receiver teammates from Ohio State. And I was like, if they get one of them, I think that'll do well for the both of them because they already have that chemistry. They know how each other work. So it, it would make the situation and the transition from college now to the NFL a little bit easier because now they already have that established, you know, teammate energy chemistry love all that good stuff he played lights out even with a team that wasn't very great so i think he'll have another great year honestly though it's going to be interesting draft to see how this goes i know the lines everyone's mocking a cornerback to them now one of the more recent reports i've seen recently though with all this draft stuff is now there's something about how the patriots are now targeting james morgan toward the later of the draft so now i imagine teams who see that are going to look at james morgan at fiu and be like, oh, what makes him special? Why are the Patriots going after him? I'm like, personally, he's my one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out this year besides, like, Jalen Hurts. But So just to give you kind of information on James Morgan, uh, from things I've seen online, he's 6'4", around 213. He played two years at Bowling Green and then transferred, then played two years at FIU. Those last two years, uh, 2018, he played 12 games, had a 65.3% uh, percentage passer-wise, threw for 2,700 yards, about 8.4 yards per attempt, threw for 26 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. 2019, again, played 12 games. Uh, this time went down in percentage, went, it went to 58%, threw for 25, around 25, 2,600 yards, about 7.2 yards per attempt, 14 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. From what I've seen of, like, tape I've watched and highlights and things like that, and from what I've read from, like, you know, the draft analysts and experts and all that other shit he's got a pretty good arm uh he's pretty tough guy you know he could take a few hits you know he's get right back up just keeps moving has good size you know obviously he's he fits that typical prototype quarterback tall uh the biggest issue i've seen with him and that everyone else i've seen also feels that he needs to work on his decision making sometimes doesn't make the best reads may overthrow his passes sometimes but overall Good quarterback. He's, from what I've seen, a day three projected quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes with that. And same thing with Cole McDonald, my other favorite quarterback that I've seen come out. He's like round 6'4", 220. So they're, they're both similar kind of build guys. Uh, played three years at Hawaii. 2017, only played six games through like nine passes. So it wasn't really a lot. 2018, he started for the Hawaii team. Uh, had a 58.9% passer rating, like percentage-wise, I mean. Uh, threw for 38 100 yards, around 3,900 yards, 8 yards per attempt, 36 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. 2019, played 14 games, 63.8% percentage uh, passing-wise, threw for 4,135 yards, 8.1 yards per attempt, threw for 33 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. What I realized, though, following college football as much as I have, Hawaii's been always one of those programs where they somehow always develop really good pocket passer quarterbacks because you had, I mean, the biggest example is Cole Brennan, who set all the records that Joe Burrow just broke this past season. One of the best passers in college football history, statistically. I mean, you also had uh, Brian, oh God, I'm going to bash his last name, Mon is Moniz, Monez, Moniz, I don't really know how to say. He played from 2009 to 2011. 
Uh, he ranked third on the school's all-time passing list, finished with 10,169 yards. First team all whack in 2011. Um, came on as a walk-on through seven touchdowns against UC Davis in the first half, tying for NCAA record. Still holds the University of Hawaii record for most passing yards in a single game with 560. You also had... Uh, what is the other one? Timmy Chang, 2000-2004. You know, obviously you have Colt McDonald, one of the, in my opinion, one of the more sleeper quarterbacks this year. But in his first season, he threw, like I said, 3,800 yards, which was eighth in the country, 36 touchdowns, which was sixth nationally. Uh, then led them to a Hawaii Bowl appearance against Louisiana Tech. Uh, his 418 passing yards in the 2018 season, opening win over Colorado State, marked the most ever by a UH quarterback in history with a starting debut. Still a junior, McDonald could easily move up. You know, he could have, if he stayed, probably could have went up the rankings. This is according to the ESPN Honolulu, so that's their opinion on all this. But Cole, Brent, Cole Brennan still, uh, he could have won the Heisman. Personally, I think he should have, but that's just whatever with that. They still produce good quarterbacks. So I think with him, though, Cole McDonald has really good speed in a run-to-shoot offense, plays really well. Um, I think the biggest issue that people have with him and that I also agree with as well is that he doesn't have the greatest arm. You know, you're not really going to see him throw just crazy, like, deep passes, which, again, you can work on, so there's still time with that. But I think with the right team, again, it's like any other quarterback. You go to the right team with the right coaching staff. Most likely, if you want it bad enough and there's enough, you know, you have the tangibles to do it, you're going to succeed. So those are my two guys that I think, you know, can fit well in the NFL if – you know, they have the right people, right personnel around them, of course. But let me know your thoughts. Are you excited for the draft? Who do you th- who are your sleepers? Who do you have, you know, people that are maybe getting a little, little passed on by because of other big names in this draft? Let me know your thoughts. Next, I want to quickly address something. Uh, obviously, with everything happening, sports, like we've all said, just don't exist for the moment. And it sucks, but it is what it is. The Houston Astros team got away with fucking cheating and coronavirus definitely helped people forget about it now sure you know once the MLB season uh, starts again whether that's sometime this year but i doubt it if it just starts up again next year it's not something that's going to be talked about people will probably just forget it just because everything going on with the coronavirus is obviously on the front of everyone's minds and rightfully so but once this is over i really doubt that the houston astros are going to deal with any kind of punishment even from like other players and opposing teams or whatever and or any kind of any kind of punishment in any form at all. They basically, with the help of the coronavirus, they kind of pretty much got away with it. I mean, they were going to anyway this year, but I had planned personally to go see the Yankees and Astros in September, and obviously that's not happening anymore, so it sucks, but maybe next year, we, uh, me and my buddy Sean, who I've had on this podcast before, hopefully we'll get to enjoy that one day. I don't think so, but congrats to the Houston Astros for cheating, getting away with it, and then years later, getting in trouble, quote-unquote, yeah, which was like, oh, say sorry a lot and we should be fine and you got away with it again so congrats to them and see this is tough because as someone who's a newer i'm re-entering myself in the baseball world was huge when i was a kid literally and into sports it's tough to see this happening because again you know everyone says oh everyone cheats in sports and it's just all about who's getting caught which is is tough if that is true I hope not, of course, but doing what they did and winning, being that successful with what they did, it's like, it's like you guys just, I don't understand why you guys are just cool with just doing all this and you're just like, eh, whatever, it's not a big deal. Like, you won a World Series by cheating. Like, that's fucking huge. That doesn't, I mean, I hope that hasn't happened before, but I'm sure it has, but being caught like that, especially in this day and age, and there's been proof for years that this has been happening, that it's, it's, it's nuts. It's 
unacceptable. And the fact that Rob Manfred was just like, yeah, it's just, who fucking cares? I'm not really, eh, we're not going to do anything. It doesn't really matter. It's it's fucked up. It kind of just shows that you don't really care about their sport. And you're just like, eh, I got other things to worry about than these guys, you know, cheating and winning a World Series. So, which is utter bullshit. But that's just how I see it with that. But I've also talked about this topic, disgusting amount of lengths. <laughs> Since it's been happening, since all this information's come out, just because, you know, they've, they still have a good team. And it's, how do we know they're not going to try some shit again? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, they're on thin water and everyone's got eyes on them, so I doubt they will. But that thought is still out there. And it's just like, I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to do it again. They may. They fucking may. I don't know why I had some really shitty Italian accent. But let me know your thoughts, though. You, you know, what are your thoughts on all the Houston Astro sign-stealing scandal stuff? Do you not care? Because, you know, like, eh, baseball cares. Or if you're a baseball fan, of course, let me know your thoughts. Are you mad? Are you, if you're an Astros fan, what are your thoughts? You know, you still have your World Series, and that's not getting taken away. So, you know, I'm sure you're probably just like, yeah, it's, it sucks. But, like, ah, we still won, so it's not our fault, I guess. So on to something lighter. I've seen all this stuff on Twitter about all, like, these movie kind of lists. And it's like, oh, which one do you want to pick? Or, like, you can only pick three or this and that. So there's one ESPN they tweeted today. It's you have to keep three and the rest just don't exist or whatever. It's between Friday Night Lights, Rudy, Coach Carter, Remember the Titans, The Blind Side, Space Jam, Rocky, Glory Road, and Miracle. Now, see, if I can go for my favorites, it would just be Coach Carter, Remember the Titans, and Glory Road. I love I love Friday Night Lights. Rudy, I'm not the biggest fan of personally. The movie's great, but apparently the real life Rudy was a piece of shit, which is very upsetting. The Blind Side's a good movie, but in my opinion... It was so, like, a big thing at the time that it kind of got, like, the message kind of got over, like, saturated in a way, if that's, if I'm making sense. And if not, what I mean is, you know, it's a great story based on the whole, you know, Michael Orr's real life, and it's, it's a wonderful story. Sandra Bullock did an amazing job, and the actor who played Michael Orr did as well. It got to a point where it was, like, everyone's talking about it, about how great of a movie it is, and it's kind of like the movie Freedom Riders. Like, in school, at least where I went to school, they played that movie so much to a point where it's like, I understand the message i get it but you're like shoving it down my throat and you don't you don't need to do that anymore like i get it and that's kind of how it was for the blind side like it was fucking everywhere two years it felt like everyone that's all they want to talk about when it came it's like oh my god so great oh my god it's like i get it fucking i get it i get it so to me it's a little overdone space jam is a classic sure it didn't do well when it came out but i think now with time it became this classic movie and it's rightfully so i mean the, the soundtrack is phenomenal Bill Murray does a great job. Looney Tunes with Michael Jordan were great. It was especially during his baseball career, which that's a whole other topic, with my opinion on his baseball career and this whole controversy with him retiring and unretiring, then retiring and then unretiring. It's a whole thing with me, but we won't get into that, at least right now. Rocky. All right. I'm going to get a lot of shit because I'm not the biggest Rocky 1 or 2 fan, personally. Like, I'm sure most people, I think Rocky Four is the best. Then I, I mean, the Rocky story is great, and it's just, it's like the underdog story. Like, you don't get more underdog than Rocky Balboa, and I get it. But I just, I just don't know. I watch it. I mean, may, and I know a lot of people say, oh, maybe it's because of, like, oh, you were, you were born. If you were alive then, you probably would have loved it. Probably. I mean, if I was, if I'm the same person, just put me in the 70s, I'm probably going to say I don't like it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm not shitting on Rocky. That's not what I'm saying. It's just not for me. And that's fair. You got to say that because I'm sure there's one movie on this list that you're just like, eh, I just don't, I just don't really care. And for me, that's Rocky. I think a lot of it too is because how I feel about the blind side is kind of how I feel about Rocky. Rocky is so fucking talked about when it comes to sports. 
And it's like, I get it. Like, I get it. The Creed series, though, is is good. Um, Creed 1 was really good. Creed 2 was all right. It's kind of like, eh, I just... It felt like it's kind of just redoing the Rocky series, but with both like Apollo Creed. If, like, they switch roles. Kind of like they did with the movie Incredibles. I know it's not sports, but for example... Incredibles 1, great movie, but Incredibles 2 is the same exact movie as the first one. You're just switching roles. That's kind of how it feels with, like, Creed series. It's like you're switching roles, and now it's, instead of Rocky being the underdog, it's Apollo Creed is the underdog. I know it's his son, Adonis. I get it, but I'm just using that as an example. That's just how I feel about that. But Rocky is one of the greatest, like, sports movies ever. I will not deny that. It's just not for me. Like, I'm not personally going to put on Rocky at home when I'm hanging out with friends. I'm not. Glory Road, though, is a movie I picked because that story, oh, it's so good. It's, I mean, it's a fucked up story and what these guys dealt with, you know, dealing with a, like a majority of a black team at that time. And it was unheard of and unprecedented. They balled out, you know, they, they made it through and that end. I remember watching that movie in the gym. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little sensible. I'm a little sensitive guy. You know, I, I like to, I, I'm in touch with my feelings. I'm okay with that, but. I was watching Glory Road in the gym. I'm working out. Maybe it's because I'm working out. I'm all sweaty and tired. At the end of the movie, when they win and everything's great, and it's this lovely story, I'm getting all, like, teary-eyed. I'm like, oh, God, John, keep it together. Don't cry at the gym. Don't cry at the club, man. You can't cry at the club. And, and I was with um a friend of mine. She's like, you're right. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm good. She's like, you, you're crying? I'm like, no, I'm not fucking crying. Jim, yeah, this movie's really sad. It's so good, but yeah, it was a little emotional for me. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen Glory Road, I recommend it to anybody. It's a phenomenal story that I recommend for everyone to watch. And now the last movie's Miracle. Now I get a lot of shit because I, I, I'm not shitting on Miracle again. I'm not. I'm not. See, the movies that everyone thinks I'm shitting on, I'm not shitting on any of these movies. They're all great in their own right. I just, I don't know, Miracle. I'm not a hockey guy, so it's hard for me to get like invested in hockey in a hockey movie when I'm not. A, but I say that, but I also love the Mighty Ducks. So it's like, uh, I mean, the miracle story is great. Beating the, you know, the USSR or Russia or the Soviet Union. You know, I think they were still the Soviet Union at the time. Beating them, you know, like no one thought it was this great story. Even though it wasn't a gold medal game. And I believe they played Sweden or Switzerland or one of those S countries for the gold medal in one. So like, congrats to them for that. But obviously that story, that, that story, no one cares. They want to beat Russia. I remember my dad actually telling me that he remembers watching the game live and how great it was and oh it's this whole story and it's you know if we finally beat russia not during all this time we're having all these issues you know politically and now you know sports i mean obviously sports brings everyone together for the most part great stories you know the best stories come out of sports and it's always you know underdog stories are always the best they they do well they fucking bank in the box office and in the people's hearts that's what miracle is you know no one thought they were gonna pull it out and they did here we are like 40 years later wow i think that's what 1980 i think if i'm correct let me just make that let me just make that uh let me just double check that just make sure i'm not talking shit yeah 1980 it's been 40 years which is nuts i mean hey you know i give all the credit to them they played their hearts out i've rewatched like some of the game on like a line so but again i'm not really the biggest hockey guy so it's hard for me to again great movie but if I'm picking three, I got to go Coach Carter. I remember the Titans, and I think I said Glory Road, or I said Spade. Well, all right, here's my final. Sorry. I said sorry to my mic. I don't know if you heard that, but I, I did. My final, now I'm looking back at him, re redo. We're going to redo this. If I remember the Titans, 
is personally my favorite, one of my favorite sports movies and just movies overall. It's like a top 25 movie for me. Remember Titans, I can watch any time and it still just resonates right in my soul, right in my heart strings. Do you remember Friday Night Lights? Love the book, love the movie, but the fact that they changed the ending of the movie to fit like the Hollywood. So anyone who doesn't know, um, the Odessa Panthers were not in the national championship game. They did not make, or the state championship game, excuse me, against um, the Carter Cowboys. They were like in the semifinals when they played them and got their shit kicked in. And the Carter Cowboys won the state championship that year. So, and they also like made like the opposing team in the movie like these giant fucking like black guys. I'm like, all right, that's they, like, they hired like like 35 year old guys to play high schoolers. I'm like, what kind of shit is that? And like, I remember looking up, I was like, all right, let me see what these guys actually look like. Cause I, they, if they look like that in real life, these guys are fucking terrifying. These guys are massive guys. Like, they're fucking huge in every position. And no, they're just regular ass high school kids. I just fucking kicked the shit out of this fucking team that was supposed to be great. I mean, sure, not having Booby Miles. For most of the season sucked, but they still did well. But the movie was good, and it's you know it's it's a great movie that I recommend to anyone. Remember the Titans, Glory Road. I know it's tough because I know I think I said Coach Carter and like Space Jam. Coach Carter, it's like uh, just I probably would say Coach Carter just because I'm a huge Sam Jack, Samuel L. Jackson fan. I think that will top you know Michael Jordan's lovely performance in Space Jam. There's a Space Jam two coming with LeBron James. Uh, I know it was filmed last year. I think, I don't know if they, I think they finished filming it, but I'm not, I don't know when the fuck that's going to come out. I doubt it's going to come out this year, the way everything's going. I'm sure it'll probably come out next year of some sorts, and uh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, LeBron James is kind of funny. I mean, he, I've seen the color movie he's been in, and they're, and they're entertaining for the most part. You know, I'm not like, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta see LeBron James' this new movie. It's, it's so good. I don't know your thoughts. If you had to pick three to keep and the rest go away between Friday Night Lights Rudy, Coach Carter, Remember the Titans, The Blind Side, Space Jam, Rocky, Glory Road, and Miracle. Tweet me which three you would pick. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at some internet show, except in the word show, there is no L. But some quick kind of sports hits I want to get into real quick before I go. Um, there's trade rumors that I've seen in the last few hours that um, the 49ers are going to move up for Jeffrey Okuda, which they get him. That's a big fuck. I mean, they have to give him a lot, though, to do that. There's this report that's been coming out that Dana White was named in a sex tape extortion lawsuit, which he called a bullshit. Whether that, I don't know how that's going to go with that. I'm sure he's loving that right now. I want to give, you know, some pay some respect to Bobby Mitchell, NFL Hall of Famer, former Washington Redskins player. He was the first player, black player for the Washington Redskins. He passed away at the age of 84. Um, Tom Dempsey former kicker in the NFL, has recently passed away at the age of 73. Oh, also, it was announced that the Jordan documentary, the Jordan tapes, I think it was called, is getting moved up to April 19th. So in 13 days from now, ooh, that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Khabib, uh, of course, is off UFC 249. I think he's going to talk about the card and where it's going to be probably next few days or so. I also saw something where there was a, a, a footballer or a soccer player, depending on where you're from, who was caught, or like someone snitched or something about a, a fucking sex party this guy was having, which, by the way, that's bad social distancing. He's not following the rules. And he, it was a lockdown party or something, and I'm like, what the f- Excuse me, I don't think right now is um is the time to have a sex party, if I'm gonna be honest. I don't think so. Oh, how could I forget? How could I forgot? All right, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I need to, my brain is shutting down. But the NFL did release 
2000s all decade team. Now let me pull up those images so I make sure I get everything correct. So just give me one lovely moment. So for the 2010s all decade team coaches, we had Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. For the 2010s all decade team special teams or specialists, for punters, you had Johnny Hecker and Shane Leckler. Kickers, you had Steven Gostowski and Justin Tucker. Uh, Justin Tucker was a unanimous selection. Punt returners, Tyree Kill and Darren Sproles. Kick returners, Devin Hester and Cordero Patterson. That's pretty much how I think you say it. Defensive-wise, <laughs> defensive-wise, uh, on the DN side, you had Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, and J.J. Watt, who was a unanimous selection. D-tackle. You had Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Ndamukong Sue, and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was a unanimous selection. Inside linebackers, you had Luke Keegley, Bobby Wagner, and Patrick Willis. Uh, outside linebacker, you had Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, and Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller, unanimous selection. Cornerbacks, you had Patrick Peterson, Darrell Revis, and Richard Sherman. Safeties, you had Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle. Uh, D-backs, you had Chris Harris and Tyron Matthew. Offensive side, quarterback-wise, you had Tom Brady, who was a unanimous decision, and... Aaron Rodgers. Wide receivers, you had Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. You had on the tight end side, Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey. Tackles, Jason Peters, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, and Joe Thomas, who was a unanimous selection. Guards, you had uh, J- uh, Jari Evans, Logan Mankins, Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda, who was a unanimous selection. Go Ravens. You had Alex Mack, Marquise Pouncey for centers. Running backs, we had uh, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, and unanimous selection, Adrian Peterson, and at the flex, Darren Sproles. So congrats to all of those players who made the All-Decade team. Can't wait to see who makes the All-Decade team in 2030 for 2020 to 2029. Very excited. So thank you, all of you, for making it through this episode. (laughs) The ending was a little shaky there, but, you know, we're coming out strong. Uh, like I said earlier, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, um, you can just look up some internet show on Twitter. Um, you can look up some internet show on Instagram as well, but that's not my personal account. You can find Talking Hoopla on Instagram is the podcast-specific page. Or if you want to go to TalkingHoopla.com, that's where you can find all the podcast stuff or you can listen to it there. Soon, though, hopefully, we'll be doing video podcasts again as well. I'm just making sure my camera works because I've had issues with it for a while, so... We're doing some tests with that to make sure it runs smoothly. Also, uh, please be safe during this time. Please stay home if you can. If you need to, wear masks, gloves, all that stuff. All to my essential workers, hospitals, grocery stores, you know, truck drivers, so on and so forth. If you're an essential person, if you're working, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for working. I know you don't have to during this time, but I also know you got to, you know, still got to survive, still have to live your life and still got to make money and survive. So thank you for doing the best that you can. And to anybody I know, at least for me, dealing, I deal with, you know, depression, anxiety. It's a tough time for like this, being at home so much and in my own thoughts and shit like that. But to anybody who's dealing with any kind of mental health issues and things like that, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety, PTSD, so on and so forth, for whatever it may be, we're all here for you. We support you. You know, if you want to reach out to me because you want to talk, just vent about what's going on, feel free to do it. More than likely to talk, you know, I've been through my own shit, so... You know, if you need someone just to help relate to what you got going on, totally here for you. I know it's a tough time, and I think that gets overlooked too, you know, especially. I was thinking about the other day, like, how are veterans doing, you know, being at home, being forced to stay home if they don't have a quote-unquote essential job. You know, people with mental health issues and things like that. It's a tough time for everybody, so just know you're not alone in this. We're all going through it equally together. I wish you the best. Like I said, reach out to me. Please feel free. 
you know, I'll talk to you as best as I can. I'll, you know, I'm not going to try to give you solutions, but I just want to talk. You need someone to talk to, I'm here. Again, thank you for taking the time. My Nacho Libre commentary track will be coming out probably tomorrow, so look out for that. I'll be posting more like every other day, hopefully with more uh, video on that side as well, so look out for that. And I will see you all either tomorrow or next Monday. Thank you, and have a good rest of your week. Thank you.